Asia Tech Podcast. Voice of the Asian Tech Ecosystem. Hello and welcome to Asia Tech Podcast. My name is Graham Brown, joined by Gregory Prudhomme. Greg, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Graham. Having you back. This is your second yes. second sure. on the show. So just an update. You are, I mean, for those that didn't listen to number one, you are obviously you're French. We'll talk a little bit about your background. You're based in Shanghai in China. Mm -hmm. um, next step is your thing. People will know you from the Next Step workshops. Um, you're very active in China and also the French community in China as well may know you. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about sure. that as well. So, but now also, apart from being a mentor and a serial entrepreneur, you are a podcast host, which is great. Mm -hmm. You know, welcome to the dark side of podcasting. So the backstage <laughs> podcast as well by Next Step. We'll talk a little bit about that. Maybe people wanna, uh, can get up to speed by learning a little bit about what Next Step is, because this is really about you and your journey to Shanghai, right? Mm -hmm. And helping people get mm -hmm. set up in China. So tell us a little bit about that first. Exactly. Thanks for the introduction. It's, uh, it's very thorough, actually. Uh, so I've been here in Shanghai for 13 years. This beautiful accent, as you were mentioning, is coming from France. Mm -hmm. um, and, and we'll get back to this accent uh, in the choices of the podcast later um, and next step basically next step I started in 2007 with a, a partner an American partner and the whole idea back in 2007 was to help the entrepreneurs that were arriving in Shanghai to 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 understand what was going on to understand how to start a business where to find a you know accountants suppliers uh, um, IT solution whatever because back then there was nothing available barely in in, in English actually and it's true that now we are all using WeChat, and you have been talking a, a lot about this uh, in your podcast with China. Um, and without WeChat, uh, things were very, very different. And that's where we started Next Step on always helping entrepreneurs to understand a little bit on, uh, uh, let's say, a little bit better on how to do business here in China. Mm. Fast forward to the last few years, um, what I've been doing is a lot about, uh, uh, you were mentioning the workshops. So we've been uh, doing a lot of workshops on on, on tackling very basic needs and, and, and question about how to get things started here in China. And I'm helping a lot of entrepreneurs and startups uh, on, on understanding how to do business here, on getting the right partners, helping them on connecting with the right people also, finding solution and finding answers to, to whatever they they will need to actually develop their business. Um, for 2019, and that will also go back to what we will be discussing a little bit later but i'm even going down a little bit further and going into a, a vertical uh, because one of the number of projects that i've been doing as a serial entrepreneur is around food and food tech mm. and uh, 2019 i mean even going deeper in this vertical uh, in order to differentiate myself to the rest so it's not only about helping entrepreneurs it's about helping entrepreneurs around food fnb and food tech businesses mm. I mean, very much helping entrepreneurs generally, though, right? I mean, that's your thing. Always, yes, that's you, what I do. You came from France to China at a time when you didn't have any help, right? I mean, there was nothing, yeah, like true. you said. Yeah. I mean, French or English, it would have been harder for you, I guess, you know, and yeah. being a French speaker as well, there wasn't a, an immediate community to plug into. If there was any kind of foreign support, it was for the English-speaking world, right? So th there's an added level of difficulty there. So I guess... When you came here, what, 2007, before the Olympics, um, yep. you, you came to 
Shanghai. Yeah, I arrived in 2005 in Hong Kong, 2006 yeah. to Shanghai, and 2007, that's when I started to uh, with Next Step. Right, okay. So that point when you arrived in 2006, 2007, it's very different to the world today, isn't it? That 2018, it's very much more of an established uh, market in China generally, a lot more of an infrastructure in place. But back then, it must have been pretty much the Wild West for a foreigner, right? I mean, was it tough integrating? I mean, even being an entrepreneur back then must have been even tougher. But what kind of challenges did you face back then? I think that um, uh, that's a very good point. Uh, I think that that the community itself already, the type of people, the type of foreigners that were uh, living in Shanghai back then were very, very different than the profile that you find now. So if we go back to the definition of an entrepreneur, there is also the, the perceived uh, definition of what is an entrepreneur. And now an entrepreneur can be very different. It's someone that has read me and have been doing things in Silicon Valley. It has to be tech-related in some ways. Back then, an entrepreneur was someone that were struggling in their countries and coming to China because it seems to be easier. And before the Olympics, also a lot of companies there were, or people were coming to China because they say China is opening to the world in the coming years with 2008, the Olympics, 2010, the World Expo in Shanghai. And, and there was something to, to do. And you had a lot of people that were coming here willing to try pretty much anything. And the barrier entry over entry to do business in Shanghai back then was very low. You can start businesses with having an idea over a drink on the night before and starting your company before the end of the week. Mm. And um, and that was something very different where people, they were a little bit more, let's say, daring. They were more risk adverse and they were really willing to to try and try, fail, start again, pivot, do a lot of different things. And uh, that's really how it was working before. Mm. So in terms of a community, it's true that um, the, the French community is not the number one in, in, in Shanghai. But then uh, in terms of European, Germans were much more, uh, let's say, both popular and visible because of the uh, industry and the kind of industry that uh, China always lacked. But with the opening of, uh, of, the, of China over all the different things that happen in tourism and everything, the French started to arrive in, uh, in a way to take over a lot of F&B projects, a lot of luxury, fashion. And now there is a real comeback in the last few years with the tech world where mm. French are, are doing pretty well on, on startup tech. Mm. Um, so a great, it's a great the, community as well, isn't it? You've got the French tech, it is. which is very active in supporting yeah. French entrepreneurs around Asia. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, I'm uh, one of the, I'm sitting on the board of uh, La French Tech here in Shanghai, where I'm in charge of all the startups. So we have a portfolio of 40 startups that have been built by or co-owned by a French person based in Shanghai. Uh, it's a pretty big and dense uh, portfolio. And uh, talking about how active we are, between yesterday night and tonight, we will have organized three events. One yesterday night, one this morning, and one tonight on three very different topics. Mm. Um, so now we are trying... Going back to the community idea, it's really about how can we help each other to become stronger and uh, and how to say stand out maybe from the other communities as as a whole. Yeah. Well. Okay. Well, let's talk about where the podcast comes into all of this. So, mm -hmm. backstage podcast. You podcast when you started out podcasting in French. You've done thirty five episodes now. So you're yeah. over the hump. You're you know you're a bona fide long-term podcast you're not sort of just trying it out you know you, you stuck in there and well <laughs> over over a year now doing the podcast so 
Greg, why, exactly. why yeah. did you start that? What was the idea behind it? Why did you think you needed to start that podcast? So first, um, um, actually, I always mentioned that uh, when I, I'm doing the podcast, because I have to justify to a lot of people saying, but why are they in invited to a podcast show because i still feel like here a lot of people are still not really familiar at least in the french community they are not very familiar familiar yet with this kind of a of a channel because me when i started to to i wanted to i always wanted to learn more and being a non-native english speaker i had to learn a lot of things from english so podcast independent podcaster like you and me now um, they were first started in the US and it was a lot, mm. lot of guys that were starting to do this and I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed all the interviews and I was, I was learning so much while doing something else, while working or doing bicycle or whatever. And, and I, I always liked this kind of uh, channel. And, and at that time in France, you actually only had radio shows that were mm. replayed on a podcast version. And there was really no independent podcaster back then. It was really only for big shot production and, and radio shows. And um, maybe three or three years ago, we started to have independent guys starting to do what we are doing, plugging a microphone to, to iTunes, basically, and, and, and started to record it. And it became very interesting. And I realized also that a lot of the startups that were in Paris, they had such a great PR that they were always having the same guest on every show. So if you have a startup that was doing well right now in Paris, mm. you look at all the shows that you have around those topics in French, and you will see that those guys, they are going to be one week in one show, the next week in yeah. another show, etc., etc. <laughs> and I realized that there were so many cool people here in Asia and French people doing amazing things here all over Asia. And I said, there is something to do. And I was looking for it and trying to find another show and I didn't find it. And I said, well, maybe I should do it. Um, and and to continue on the on the on the story, my my wife she was always telling me she said you are meeting all these people every day because that's something that I do a lot I, I spend a lot of time on meeting like people that arrive people that are trying to do something entrepreneurs mm -hmm. startups and and after my meeting after grabbing a one hour coffee talk with those guys I was trying to say okay I met with this person yesterday you should talk to him and you you should talk to him his story is great and my wife keep on saying said you should record that. Like yeah. you should re record this conversation and, and that's, that's it. That's how you're going to start. And that's what I did, basically. <laughs> that is, that's a great way to start as well. So uh, you, you mentioned a lot of interesting points there and maybe we can look at some of those and also maybe talk about some of the episodes that stand out for you from the Backstage podcast. I like the bit, Gregory, where you say you looked around for a podcast. There wasn't one that met your requirement. Yeah. So you picked yourself and I think that's such, you know, that is the attitude, not just for podcasting, but for business today, isn't it? Like, okay, who's going to do this? Nobody's doing mm -hmm. it. I'll do it. And we're sort of trained. I mean, if you're of a certain age, you're trained in education to be picked. Somebody will pick you. And, you know, going back to your, you know, you talked about radio, for example, you know, there's yeah. a, D a DJ, and the DJ picked the music and the DJ picked the guest. And if you were lucky, you know, you got picked as a DJ, but yeah. you, you didn't need a radio station to start your podcast. So is that something that you've done before? Is it sort of part of your character to pick yourself? Was it something that came naturally? Did you, you know, was it many conversations with your wives and, you know, your, your friends, for example, that said, look, Greg, you've got to start this. You've got to start this. Or 
how, how did it actually start? What was the point where you said, screw it, let's do it? <laughs> so uh, I, actually, it's very, very specific. So here in China, we have a great thing called uh, Taobao, yeah, you know, Tmall. Yeah. It's uh, the Chinese version of Amazon for those who don't know. And uh, and I put already at that time, I saved in my cart, my shopping cart, um, a recorder, like a multi-piece uh, recorder called from the Tascam brand. Mm. Anyway, and um, to actually do the podcast, to record. But I never, I never, you know, purchase it. I never finished this. It was in my cart for months. <laughs> and and one day I listened to this. Uh, there is a, a great uh, French rapper that uh, uh, released a, a huge album last year, became very, very famous. And in one of his songs, he said, if you want to make a movie, you just need something that can record, you know, the video, mm. basically like, if you want to make a video, you need something to make a video. And then they really like I went back to my Tmall cart. I press purchase. And wow. that was it. Two days after I received it and I say, all right, now it's there. I don't have any excuse. <laughs> exactly. I just have to do it. You know? Commit. And you committed. That was it. Exactly. Good yeah. for you. That That is, I know it sounds, it's amusing, but it's serious as well is that often people don't get to that first stage but you got to make a commitment. Did you know what you were going to talk about? You, you mentioned, for example, you were having all these really interesting conversations with people coming to China, you know, people in the French community. You're meeting these people. When you started your podcast, yeah. back, Backstage was a name, but it wasn't like, okay, I'm going to talk about exactly this and it's going to be about this vertical sector. What did you go in and say when people ask you, what's it about? So... So I, I, I don't know about you with all your show, but for me, the, the podcast is something that it's already for me some kind of, a, let's say, a introspection also. Mm. So I'm using the fact that I'm putting a microphone in front of someone to actually learn as much as I can from this person. Um, and, uh, and this is really a tool that I'm using now. If I want to learn something from, from someone, by by getting them around the microphone allow me to actually ask a lot of questions. And one thing that I always have been interested in is like, I consider myself as having a very different kind of background and career and profile. I didn't do any MBA. I don't have a business background. And and still, I'm, I've been working here, helping a lot of entrepreneurs, raising funds for others, So, which is very not what I was supposed to do. And for me, I always have been curious. I say, if I am so, if I feel that I'm so different than the people that I see around a lot of these people around me must have a crazy story to share that mm. nobody will never hear. And and here in Shanghai, like in many very active and, and energized city, a lot of people only talk about what they are doing right now, or they only talk about what you want to hear. But when you start asking questions about, okay, where do you come from? How did you arrive in China? How did you start it with this business? Those for me were really the, the pillars of the of the backstage podcast where I want to know the backstage story, everything that we don't know. Like you are here handing out name cards and, and talking about your business and everything. But actually, where do you come from? What, what happened? Yeah. You know? Yeah. No. And that was for me something that I really wanted to understand. Yeah. Th this is a really important point, I think, Greg, is that, you know, in terms of what makes a good podcast and I'm completely on the same page as you. And, you know, I, I, for example, we talked about this when we did the earlier podcast together is that your story, the story of your guest is so interesting. And I think everybody's got a good story to tell. Often that story of leaving Lyon or coming to Shanghai or whatever it may have been for that person or, you know, leaving one city, moving to another country, 
that is an amazing story. The fact that somebody's done that makes them already maybe in 1% of the population who've ever done something in their lives, right? And, right. you know, you mentioned earlier that, you know, your wife said to you, like, you're having all these meetings with people who, you know, you're having these great conversations, you're not capturing them, you're not recording them, right? And mm. it's to this point about what makes a good podcast. And I think that a podcast is not an interview. A podcast is a conversation. And, mm -hmm. you know, rather than one person interviewing another, it's two people talking about something they really care about. And to capture that conversation such that the listener listens to it and think, yeah, I want to sit in this table and listen to these guys and hang out with them and have a coffee with them, right? I want to be there as well. So, you know, that whole right. sort of storytelling, like, and often asking somebody, so Greg, where are you from? That's a great way to get into people's lives and pull out their story. Mm -hmm. And I, I think the problem, and I wonder how you find this as well, is that I find a lot of entrepreneurs are so busy doing their thing that they never think about telling their story. No, nobody's ever sat with mm -hmm. them and said, oh, you, you've got a really interesting story. Like, tell me about it. They're like, oh, oh I've never done that before. They're so busy building something or selling something or whatever, you know, raising funds. Like, and, right. and often, and often as well, the self-promoters, the self-promoters, you know, are out there doing their thing. But 99% of the entrepreneurial world are just busy head down getting stuff done, right? So I, I find <laughs> that, well, my personal feeling, and I wonder what you think, is that, you know, that podcasts are great conversations and are great stories and our role as a podcast host is to find those stories and bring them out yeah um, that that's exactly that actually that's what i'm for example when i publish a, uh, um, an episode about someone i'm actually getting a, a interesting feedback of people that actually knew this person but they didn't know half of the story and they say well i never know that he did all of this before or he mm. did all of that in, on the side and and one thing that i i think i i believe now is that when you were saying about the conversation there is something a little bit different with the podcast is here this is not so much talking about you graham it's more you are trying to get to know more about myself right mm -hmm. about me so the thing is actually who is doing that like who is telling you okay graham where are you from what do you do and actually listening to you for maybe 40 minutes one hour where mainly the whole story is about you and and that's where it's very different actually a lot of people they don't have the chance to say okay go into details tell me everything i want to know everything about where you come from because then starting from this very basic question about where you're from and what happened to you you start to build on that and you say okay but oh how did you mm. face this situation and how did you go over that and at that time, you actually you have this interviewee that you say, oh, actually, it looks like he cares about it. You know, you, yeah. you want to understand. And and that's also funny. And you must have that a lot where at the end of the episode, I say, oh, I hope that people will find that interesting. You know, everybody believes that his story is so actually nobody, nobody yeah. wants to listen to where <laughs> exactly. I come from, you know, and actually it's so great. Exactly. Yeah, yeah no, um, you're, you're so right. They Because they don't think that they they have a story that's worth telling because they're not Jack Ma yeah. or they're not, you know, some big Richard Branson type name. But, mm -hmm. I, you know, and this is what I want to ask you about the interest. You said about introspection is that what, what have you learned about the people that have been on your show? What, what has that taught you about the kind of people that you have meetings with? Have you sort of, is that sort of given you introspection in the sense that you've learned more about yourself or maybe even your value to people like that? Because you said you, mm -hmm. were, you were a generalist, right? You, you didn't have an MBA and you, you weren't mm, you know, 
so you came from a very different angle. So what have you learned mm -hmm. about yourself in this process? I, I think that first, um, probably the most important was I didn't have to be ashamed about the story or where I come from or not having these fancy degrees or, or I don't know, not having this fancy position in a very big corporate because I pretty much always have been a, a self-taught entrepreneur. So, and I think that at some point for a lot of entrepreneurs, you have this imposter syndrome where you believe that mm. you don't deserve whatever, whatever you have. But by listening to all these people and what they did, then they say it starts to make you feel a little bit better. And, oh, okay, I'm not alone there. Like, uh, all these guys, their stories has weird as mine, basically. And, and, and that was something that probably I needed at some point, mm. um, to feel like, okay, I, I don't have to be looking for that. The second thing that was interesting is I've been also, um, like I was saying, I'm working with, I'm interviewing a lot of, um, uh, French people that are working with Asia and also in Asia. So what I've been doing in the last uh, ten episodes is to expand a little bit and talking to people that are that are working in Asia or with Asia, but from France, in Singapore, in Hong Kong, and not only here in Shanghai, but really all over the place. And and one of the topics that I really like is people that have been living in China for a few years and that have moved out and mm. started something else in another country. And that's also for me very interesting and encouraging to say, okay, actually those guys, they, they started again and again and again and they learn here in China, we we have a lot of great things in terms of innovation and technology. That's definitely way advanced from any other places. But Singapore has many things to offer. You also have been moving around in Asia, for example, and and, and for me, I think I've been spending 13 years already in Shanghai. And when do you think maybe sometimes I believe that, okay, I've been here too long. I cannot move anymore. You know, it's mm. everything is here. And, and by listening to these people that actually moved and start again and did something different, then that gets very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree with you. And I, I, I want to go back a little bit as well, Greg, is that, that, I mean, you, you very much, uh, uh, doing it for the reasons that I do the podcast as well, which is, you know, you're curious about the world, you have a passion for people. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I'm myself as I'm a generalist as well. I don't have an MBA. I didn't work for Google, etc. So, <laughs> but I feel, and this is the next point about the imposter syndrome. And you said this like phrase, which, you know, you, you only use that if you understand what the hell that is, like, and you feel it, <laughs> like imposter syndrome. It's like some, it's like a condition or a disease that only maybe certain type of entrepreneurs feel. So when you said it, it's like, oh, wow, he just said that. He said that thing, right, which I kind of, you know, that's something I've battled with, I've struggled with over the years. It's like, wow, yeah. I, I don't belong here. Like these guys yeah. are like amazing and I'm just sort of like, I'm, I'm faking it here. Right? So mm -hmm. can you tell mm -hmm. us a little bit about what imposter syndrome means to you? And particularly, you know, I'm interested in the context of being a podcast host as well. So what, what is imposter syndrome to you? So I, I think the imposter, imposter syndrome is I always try to imagine a guy that is writing a very nice piece on his computer. He has a very nice article and he just doesn't dare to press uh, publish oh, wow. on his blog, on his website, because he believes that, okay, now it's out there and everybody will be able to judge me and maybe think that whatever I think it's, it's stupid or it's unnecessary or nobody needs to read that, you know? And I think that the imposter, imposter syndrome starts as, as simple as that is like you take a picture and you don't dare to 
publish it on Instagram because you believe that your picture is not as good as everybody else's mm. picture. And that's as simple as this. For me, in my case, I think um, even though I'm hosting a lot of events, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a lot of conferences and speaking a lot and, and sharing my experience, which is something that I own and I control and nobody can judge really my experience. It is what it is, right? It's very different when it's about giving your advice and challenging and giving your opinion about something. And that's something where I still feel like, okay, I, I'm not the right person to actually give my advice on where the, I don't know, where uh, WeChat fintech things are going now. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not the right person and you are a better person around me that we should be actually answering this kind of question. So now we are talking about podcasts and I'm having a, in front of, on the other side of the microphone, let's say, with you, someone that I've been doing like 400 episodes. And here I'm, I'm here talking about my podcast experience <laughs> with only 35. But anyway, so that's the imposter thing for me. <laughs> but I mean, I love that though, because in a way, there's a, a real value that you have by being a generalist, by being a podcast host by having this very broad experience of you know meeting all these people who have come to China and they're now people who are dealing with Asia outside of China in France for example and that value of being able to give these people a voice and I find that that's the power that these individuals don't have like if somebody's a WeChat expert that's great but you know nobody's ever given them a platform to say okay let's talk about your story and that itself I think is quite powerful so the imposter syndrome is replaced by something realizing what your value is, which is like, actually, all these people have amazing stories to tell, but nobody's telling yeah. them, right? I'm yeah. the one who's telling these stories, helping them tell these stories for them, right? I give them a platform to do that. And that is, I think, the amazing part of being a podcast host is that, you know, people realize there's a real value in this. And, you know, there's a great interaction going on here. I'm learning about this person. They're getting a chance to get their story out there on a, a, a wider mm -hmm. scale. And I think that's the beauty of, of being a host. And you know that is why and I still have imposter syndrome from time to time. It will come and it will go. <laughs> but I think you know when people start their podcast, one of the first things people always ask me, Greg, and I'd like to hear your advice on this, is that, oh, you know, I'm not an expert. I can't do a podcast about that. How would you you know, advise somebody given what you've been through now? Ah, that's, a, that's a good one. I think that um, um, maybe also at the beginning, I was thinking that all oh, the people that I'm interviewing, they are not famous in a way, you know, they are business famous on their field. But so for me, I was also thinking about that. Maybe I should not be interviewing this person. And, mm. and But then at some point, you know, I say, first, you just got to do it, right? You do it. You have to try whatever you want to do, whatever is a topic that is it is interested to you. Because if you are not interested on the question that you are asking to the person in front of you, I mean, first, don't do that. <laughs> you know, like people, they will see that you are not passionate about what you're talking about. And if you are doing a podcast just for the sake of doing a podcast, I think it's just the wrong way to do it. Um, if it's done with passion, if it's done like you care uh, it's uh, definitely worth it. There will be an audience. There is an audience for right now everything. And I think that we are at the, we are at the moment in the podcasting world that is very interesting where I think that you still have tons of possibilities in terms of content. Not everything has been addressed. There is still a lot of things that you can talk about and you have more and more people want, like willing 
to listen to more podcasts mm. every day, right? Mm. So there is this notion where on one hand, you have an audience that is that is craving for things that are interesting, right? Even for me, like some, I'm, I'm regularly going back to to the the podcast directory basically and checking, okay, I want to listen something different. And then when I see that now you start to have like basically stories with all, all the background, like if you were not watching a movie, but listening to a movie mm. and you have people that create stories like this, I say, wow, where it comes from, you know, like uh, the podcast world is evolving so much. And some people are just telling a very simple stories like this, but you get taken away for 30 minutes, 20 minutes, listening to their very personal stories. And, and I mean, you have to th think it's, it's like blogging. You have a blog about everything. And I think that uh, there is an audience for, for most of them. And, and it doesn't matter what you want to talk about. I think if you do it like you care, if yeah. you do it like uh, with some kind of passion. And again, I, I think that podcasting is also in a way very, very, it has to be selfish. It has, it has to be for you first, right? It, it's, when you do a podcast, Graham, it has to be also because I want to learn more about this mm -hmm. person. I want to know. It's not only about doing one more episode, right? Yeah. It's, about, it's about the person you're going to meet. You want to learn something from this person. Yeah, I think these are all the best intentions of why to podcast. Do it for yourself. Do it for the introspection. Do it for the, the, the conversation with that person, that connection with that person. Right. If somebody listens to it, that's a bonus. That's right. how I face. You know, people say like, "Oh, you know, how do you get more listeners?" And I'm, my 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 attitude is like, just create good conversation. If you get listeners, mm. that's a bonus. If you can meet, mm. you know, if if you meet thirty five really interesting people in your field, wow! Imagine that thirty five people with amazing stories to tell. You know, just learning their stories about all these people in different parts of the world, interest in China and you know, the connection between of France course. and China, that alone is amazing. Then the ability yeah. to connect with them and learn about, you know, what they've done and, you know, their stories inspire you and so on. So mm. do it for, and, and what you learn in the process as well. I think these are the, the reasons to podcast. And then, you know, third, the listeners, you know, if you build an audience, that's a bonus. That's fantastic. That's right. I mean, nobody's going to take away the one hour that you just spent with this amazing business person or this amazing listening to this amazing story nobody's going to take that away from you it's 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 done anyway so everything else that comes after that the the likes the comments on itunes the views on youtube whatever is the kind of podcast you do it, it it's it's a bonus as you say i agree absolutely agree with you so how do you then pick your guests because this is another question people ask me and you've already mentioned the kind of mm. people that interest you some people say you've got to have the big names, you know, you've got to go and get the big mm, French mm. entrepreneurs. Or do you just focus on people who are interesting? Um, I, I think that uh, there is different things at different stage. OK, if in a normal way, first, when you are starting, you only pick the people that you are you believe are very interesting interesting, and they are sticking to the kind of editorial content that you would like to have, because those first in interviewees they are actually what is backstage about okay so they have an interesting story they have something that you understood that they had but most of the people didn't know that and you want to actually bring it back to the light to most of the people to discover that this guy actually is working selling like this is actually an interview that i did with a guy that one day we meet in a in an event here in shanghai and he's and i understood from his instagram account that actually he was doing rooftop photos 
So going at night on top of the building in Shanghai and doing amazing photos at night. Mm. And when I start talking to him about that, I say, hey, I'm very curious about this. And, and I saw his face totally changing. Okay. And I say, we need to talk about this because you have a real passion, your real passion. And you are, yeah, you are really like, a, you are working every day. You have a normal job like everybody. And then you have all these things because you are a creative person, but this is deep inside. And I'm sure nobody knows that about mm-hmm. you. And you know what? I invite him on the, get, on the, on the podcast for the first uh, 15, 20. 20 minutes, we talk about what he's doing, his job, and what he did. And it's it's kind of plain, you know, it's flat. And I realized that, okay, there is nothing much. But then I go and say, you know, last time we met in this event, we were talking about this, about what you were doing. And then his face totally changed. And the, the, um, the tone and the sound of the podcast is absolutely different for the next 30 minutes because he's talking about something that he's passionate about. And so many people reach out about that after to me or to him and say, well, we didn't know you were doing this kind of things. And, and people, they discover something so much more interesting that we was from nine to six, basically, you know? Mm. Um, and this is something that I, I really like. So that's the way I picked some of the people at the very beginning. Then there are the people that are reaching out to you that would like to be on the podcast. And sometimes they are just not the right person, right? Mm. So that's also, you have to find a way also, maybe later, I don't know, this is not exactly the story. And some people have an agenda. They want to come on the show because because they have something to sell, because they want, you know, they want to take advantage of the audience that you built. And those also are, are someone that, um, I don't know, for me, I have no sponsor. I'm, I'm not making money out of the podcast. And I, 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 I try to stay that way as much as possible. Because I believe it will probably change the nature of the interviews that we are doing in the in the future. Yeah. Um, go, go back to the, the the guest that you had who does the rooftop photos. What was his name? Jean Baptiste Blanc. Uh, 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 yeah, yeah, Jean Baptiste White. Yeah, okay. He's the. You see him? Yeah, yeah. He, it was that was a, a couple of months back, wasn't it? About August time, I think. So I just remember from your exactly. Wisdom. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, okay. So like with Jean Baptiste, like when you talk about his passion for rooftop photos in Shanghai and his when you sort of go into that and you interview someone like that and get deep into that conversation are you are you sort of deliberately trying to go as deep as you can and you know if say something interesting you sort of okay let's sort of explore that a little bit more or are you conscious of oh I've got to ask this next question therefore Okay, this is interesting, but I have to move on. I've got to ask you about this. I'm just curious about how you actually structure that because you obviously hit something really interesting. Where do you go with that? Do you keep yeah. exploring? So first, I don't have any set of questions. So usually I told them, I say, okay, we're going to talk where you come from. It's going to be very basic. If we are meeting for the first time in a, in a coffee shop and I ask you, I want to know where you come from, right? So usually... Uh, uh, I don't have a set of questions in advance. Everybody is, saying, is asking me, say, hey, can you send me the question? I say, I don't have a question. It's a conversation. And I'm also here to actually make you shine. I'm not here mm-hmm. to ask you the question that you don't want to answer, right? So I'm, I'm, I don't want to be like this for this podcast. For other shows that I'm planning for the future, things will be different. But for this one, it's all about the person and and try to to have this person share as much as, as possible. In the case of Jean-Baptiste here, what was interesting is that, again, we go back to the imposter syndrome. And that was, again, maybe more for me than for the listeners. And, uh, and I'm passionate and I believe I'm creative. I believe I'm, I have a lot of few things, but I don't dare to do it. 
And how was this guy actually is doing all of this amazing and, and when doing the podcast, I understand also that he's also a DJ and he's DJing under a pseudo in clubs where I have been or I know, but I didn't know he was DJing. <laughs> so during the whole day, this guy is actually is working in, um, in uh, logistics, delivering uh, bread basically to hotel and restaurants. So a very normal job, right? But at night, he's uh, doing photos where there is an event here. He does uh, DJing on the very famous clubs here in Shanghai. And he also do rooftop photo shooting. So he spent his weekend on retouching his photos. And what was very interesting about this in the conversation is that I also understood that he did and he learned everything by himself. And, and, and that was very interesting to me. So I want to understand where did you under, when did you know that you had a talent, that you have a special eye? Mm. And then you go back to when he was young, when he started drawing, and he explained to you all these stories that I'm sure he would have never shared any kind of, any piece of this little story if we have met in another environment. Mm. But here we had the time, and I wanted to know, and he saw that I was interested. So we go back to when he was a young, like a kid, and he was willing to, draw, to, to start drawing a little bit. And, and anyway, I mean... That was, uh, so again, no set of question, mm. no really understanding about where I'm going. And I just, you know, unwrap slowly what the things are interested to me, basically. Yeah. When, when you finished that interview, did you feel like, oh, yeah, this was like a really good, I've, I've like discovered something, we've gone somewhere, which is new. Was, what was the feeling like after the interview, both for you and for Jean-Baptiste? Yeah, for, for me, I always, I'm a very cranked up after, like, I'm, I feel like super energized every time after any kind of podcast, any kind of uh, interview that I do, I usually feel very excited because mm -hmm. I've shared so much with this person. But in the case of Jean-Baptiste, actually, he even told me, he said, but why don't you come with me to do this? Like, uh, he, oh, wow. he felt that awesome. there, there, there was something, you know, that I was missing and, and I was probably looking for him to actually Hey, like, take me. I, I want to play with you. You know, like, <laughs> let's do something. Yeah, absolutely. And um, and and for a lot of these people that I had on the show, something has changed after. There is a special kind of connection. There mm. is a special kind of because this hour that I spent with them, they also spent this hour with me, and and of course they shared a little bit more that they usually do. And, and, and they know that the show has been listened by uh, uh, several people around them. And, and one of he was a number two, the show number two, actually. The guest, um, it was Nicolas Mange, so it was a year ago. Um, he sent me uh, a screenshot on, of his WhatsApp conversation with his father, where his father said, I had no idea what you were doing. I didn't understand what you were doing. And, wow. and it's so amazing. And, and actually, his, uh, his father is telling me, say, thank uh, Gregory to have asked all the questions that I actually never asked myself, you know. And, and that, that's something that for me, of course, like I uh, give me shields even when I think about it. It's just, you know, one wow. of a kind. It's great, right? Yeah. Um, you, can't, you, can't, and, you can't measure that, right? That's something now, else, isn't it? And that's sometimes the magic that you create when you sit with somebody and you have these conversations. And that that conversation you talk about with Nicolas Monge, right? And his, yes. his father. I mean, that, that's just phenomenal, you know. And ah. to get that kind of that kind of feedback, and that's his dad, right? You know, somebody who <laughs> should know him quite well. And the fact that his dad listened to the podcast as well. That's even yeah. better, right? It's not like, you know, he's, he's just pushing out this PR company. It's the people that he really cares about 
and really matter, you know, and you thought if I wanted to tell this story, I'll just say, hey, dad, listen, I want to tell you something. This is something I'm doing. But, you know, and I think this is this is really interesting, Gregory, because it's like we can have conversations with people we know very well day in, day out, but never, ever get to anything deeper than a certain level. And, I, you know, I, I did an interview some uh, some days ago with uh, a friend mm -hmm. of mine here in in in, in Singapore, Gustavo, and uh, he's a podcast host on the blockchain show. And I sat opposite him and we, we see each other a lot and we talk and so on, like we do, like anybody does in the business context. Mm -hmm. And then when we sat and did the podcast, I actually got to really know him a lot better, which is, what, I guess, him, me as well. And it's like, okay, yeah. I could have known Gustavo for 20 years, yet in this 45 minutes that we sat together, I've learned so many things I never would have found out. And it's almost like yeah. in the podcast context, you have this safe space, which you know mm -hmm. that we can, we can talk, we can go deep, but we're not going to talk about these random things out there. You know, we're gonna, that's off that's off territory. But what we're going to talk mm -hmm. about is you, your story, what you know, and your background and so on and your motivations. And that's amazing. I don't think you can capture, you can't capture that over a coffee. You can't capture that just having a meeting somewhere in town, you know, with somebody for business. There's something special about a podcast where you can actually create something which never was there mm -hmm. before. No, I absolutely agree on all of this is, is I, for many of the first um, guests that I had, of course, I knew them in a, in a certain way or, and, and all the time I, I, some moment in the show, I said, wow, I didn't know that of you. Like I, I knew a lot of things. We have been seeing each other for so many different reasons, business or whatever. And I did, I still didn't know this part of your story. And always, always, I find something extremely surprising and new and fresh. And that then make me understand. I say, okay, now you were already interesting, but now you are even more interesting to me as a person, you know? Mm. And yeah, it's, uh, you know, there is one question uh, I give you. You can, uh, you can reuse that in the future for, for your shows. I always start by basically, okay, where do you come from and, and what do you do well, to summarize? Okay. Mm -hmm. So that the first topics. But I always end the show. I say, okay, so what your parents, family, and friends that are still behind in France or anywhere in the world, what do they believe you do? Like, do mm. they understand what you're doing? And actually, it's always taking them uh, off guard because they realize that, no, actually, they don't really understand what I'm doing. They don't understand because here it's here in Shanghai, it's a lot about tech innovation. You were mentioning blockchain and everything. And so first... Your parents, they don't understand why you didn't come back to France earlier and you are still, you know, it's always about, oh, when are you coming back? It's not about coming back. I'm living here. I've been here for more than a decade already. And I'm, it's not about coming back. Mm. And and they don't really understand. And sometimes you have people that have a story that is so complicated. And very often I say, but why? You, you, you were having so many issues when you were living in Beijing. Why you didn't go back, for example, and you still decided to move to Hong Kong? And, and for some people, it was not an option. They said, no, for me, I knew that there was something possible in the area, in, uh, in the region. And the family, of course, they don't understand that because they, the mother wants you to be, she will believe that the safest place is, of course, near where she is, basically, mm. right? Mm. And, and it's very interesting when you ask this kind of question. Actually, recently I see that there is a pattern because that's also what you do when, when you ask a lot of questions like this is you realize that there is a pattern. 
pattern. And a lot of these people, they reach a, a, some kind of a sweet situation, soft situation, very healthy, where they say, actually, no, my parents, I think they don't understand what I'm doing, but they know that I'm happy and I think it's all good enough, you know. And and I had this kind of answer a lot uh, and I feel good for them. You know, I felt, OK, that's good because everybody knows that they don't understand everything. They cannot control it. But as long as everybody is healthy and happy, that's fine. Mm. At the end of the day, these are human stories, aren't they? I mean, what you talk about, right. like families, connection, you know, relationships and people's hopes, dreams, fears. They're very human and they're very private in many ways, aren't they? And, you know, when you're, you're dealing with somebody who may be a serial entrepreneur or, you know, the head of an insurance company or a bank or, you know, somebody, mm -hmm. a leader in fintech, you know, these, at the end of the day, I know it sounds obvious, but they are human beings and they have all those mm -hmm. feelings. And, you know, to in some way show that you're vulnerable. So that question that you ask about, you know, what do your friends and family think you're doing, right? I mm. think it's a it's a magic question because you're you're asking them to kind of step out a little bit and show the real person because then that takes them into that whole conversation about yeah. you know expectations and relationships and family and you know my life, all of that in one package. And that's what people want, isn't it? They want to hear, "Oh my god, you know, Greg you're just like me, you know, you feel mm. those things. Mm -hmm. You're a successful guy, but he feels this as well. And I feel really good about that because then it's okay that I feel like that listening to this. Yeah. I think also this kind of question, when someone has been talking so much about himself for one hour, at the end, you kind of finish with this. You say, okay, now I have to step out of my own shoes and look at myself and say, okay, what are people thinking I'm doing? You know, like, and you have this person that I've been, in sharing so much already about what she is supposed to do, you know, and and it's it's very interesting. Uh, it's uh, it's always working. Uh, this question is uh, it's a magical question indeed, and I think people also realize that oh, actually, yeah, it sounds complicated, but it's not that bad, and and I'm doing okay because it doesn't matter the title, it doesn't matter whatever the person is saying on the microphone. It sounds fantastic, and they're having the time of their life, and everything is okay, you know. But then I'm sure somewhere at the back of their head, they say, oh, actually, it's okay. You know, my story is interesting and I I'm not doing so bad. I, I don't know. I, I want to believe that yeah. there is this little light bulb. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, Give yeah. them hope. Well, I'm not going to let you get away then without asking you this question. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Gregory Prudhomme, Next Step yeah. Hub. What do you think your family and friends think you do? What do you think? How do they describe what you do? Well, I think that uh, I even have enough time to understand what I'm doing and the way I'm doing it. And, and I think that um, many times uh, my parents would have liked me to come back because they, they, they thought that I was lost, you know, and, and they will believe, they would have believed that everything would have been so much easier in, in, in France for me. But um, I think that they reach also a point where they don't really understand what's going on, but they see that I'm very active. So they also see me coming back to visit them on a regular basis. So they say, okay, they don't know what kind of money I'm making. They don't know about this. But at the end, it's not about that for them. It's more a way for them to measure how okay am I doing. So I found my wife here in China. Uh, we got married. 
We are visiting them in France on a regular basis or in Mexico for my wife family on a regular basis. So everybody say, okay, it looks like it's going well. Um, but I have no idea what I'm doing in terms of a job and how do I pay my flight tickets, basically. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> that's, that's the mystery. Keep the mystery going. It's uh, part, <laughs> of, part uh, of the story. Gregory, it's been a real pleasure, pleasure speaking to you. Thank um, you, Graham. I, I absolutely love like hearing about you, your thoughts of what you're doing with your podcast and the what you're doing yeah. with your podcast, I think, is amazing because, you know, that ability just to say, look, this isn't here. I'm going to do it pick myself and give a voice to all those amazing people out there and people who are just normal people but have amazing stories and you know yeah, celebrate those stories and it it's a human story it gives hope to a lot of people but it helps people put everything into context you know and you know we live in a world where we do compare our lives to other people we look at social media and instagram and everybody's got a better body than us and everybody's got a, a private jet and this car mm -hmm. and but then we put these stories of these normal people out there doing amazing things we think actually this is cool you know i don't have to compete and look like that actually this is cool and what you're doing i think is great so please continue you. what you're doing and um, i i know you've already said that you have plans for new ventures in the podcast world in future new shows so keep, yeah. keep me updated on that i'd love to hear how that's going before you go please you know greg shout out to your podcast let's give it some airtime. where do we find out about your podcast you'll find it everywhere so it's on itunes you look it uh, you can look it up by uh, typing backstage by next step uh, and you will find backstage podcast everywhere it's pretty well uh, referenced right now on google and everything it's on podcast edits teachers it's on uh, Apple Podcasts, like I was saying, SoundCloud also. Uh, so it's everywhere. There is no reason. It's even on WeChat for China. Right. So um, th there is no excuse for no you to excuse. not discover exactly. the story of Jean-Baptiste, for example. Excellent. That would be a great one. It's all in French? It's all in French, indeed. And uh, actually, that was also part of the impostor um, uh, syndrome where, and, and now you can feel it, is that I don't want to have people listening to my bad accent in English for <laughs> one hour. Like, it's going to be horrible, right? No. And, uh, and that's the reason why I started in French. Everybody was saying, oh, you should do it in English. I have many, many friends here that are no. non-French speakers. They say, oh, you should do it in English. And I didn't dare to. But still, that's what I do. The next show that will be starting in January will be in English, and it will be much more industry-focused. Yeah. Uh, so it's going to be a, a lot different. Well, I think thank you for having me, yeah, Graham. Great awesome. pleasure. It's been absolute pleasure. And big shout out to Backstage by Next Step. We'll put the details in the show notes. Gregory, look forward Thanks. to the journey. Look forward to your new shows as well. Keep me updated on what's going on. And please share any news that you have with that. Gregory Prudhomme, everybody. Greg, thank you so much for joining me on the show. Been a real privilege. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye, Graham. Thank you. You've been listening to Asia Tech Podcast. Find out more at atp.show.